0: processes and find the right professionals to work with. In fact, everything that will enable you to become a successful property solopreneur. Hello and welcome to this week's episode. How we're talking about profit, how to keep your profits in your business. Very apt, I think, for the current economic climate, isn't it? Now, it may be thought of as being a strange idea for someone in property, but I've discovered that many property peeps have got a problem with the concept of profit. Well, you're running a business. Get over it. You need to make a profit. And if you don't, you won't be around very long. So although you may not think in terms of profit and loss for every single building, whatever it is you're doing, every project, it is something you've really got to get used to in order that all your hard work, frankly, isn't wasted. If, for instance, you're a landlord and you're running a portfolio of rental properties, they always, always, always need to be bringing in profit. And that's the income over and above the the amount you need to pay all the bills and the maintenance funds and that little bit that you're stashing away quietly so that if you suddenly have to upgrade because the government have brought in new legislations, all those things, it's the other bit. How many of your properties do you actually take this into consideration for when you're buying them, that you know you have got a good chunk of money sitting there that you can use for whatever you like? That is what you've got to be doing. And I'm tackling this concept first because quite recently I've noticed either on strategy days or at networking meetings that everyone has forgotten that magic word, cash flow and profit. They may remember cash flow, but profit is one that is very, very rarely mentioned because we all get very wrapped up and excited about the fact that the longer we keep these properties, the more equity will grow. Yeah, they do. But you've got to remember that today you're paying bills. At the end of the month, you're going to pay bills. And if you want that buildings to still be with you in 10 years time, then it's got to be making a profit now. And of course, no one, I've never heard anyone say, well, actually, I'm totally unconcerned about profit, actually. No, it's about how they discuss it, that I can work out where it is their thoughts are going on. And when I'm looking at someone's portfolio spreadsheet on the strategy day, for instance, I can see straight away who's going to be successful long term. And those who are going to slowly hate the fact that their money is tied up in property, because with just a few downturns to the market, they may well lose their dreams and their financial future. Well, I think it's the way, it's down to the fact that we concentrate on being property entrepreneurs. Property, property is the big word, isn't it? All about buildings. Well, no, it's a property business. Get Remember the word business. I also seem to think that many of us forget the fact that most of us are retailers. That's where I started off in life, retailer. Now, if you're, for instance, buying houses, doing them up, selling them on, you are a house retailer. Absolutely simple. No different from being a toy retailer or a grocery retailer. You're buying stock in at one price, then you have to do something with it. You then have to add your percentage to cover all your bills and your profit margins and everything else. And then you sell at a gross price. Now, In any other frame of business, you're working on seasons. We are different from that point of view. So if, for instance, you're selling dolls at the end of the season, you're going to sell those dolls that you've got left off at whatever you can just above cost to clear your shelves, aren't you? Because you need your new stock to come in. Because you know the longer you hold on to them, the more likely they are to get damaged. And then you'll have to write them off. Then they'll have no value whatsoever. It will disappear. Well, property. Property is the one thing that the longer you hold it, the better it gets, isn't it? But that only counts if you can keep them long term. Short term, that's going to be still OK if the market is buoyant. But if, for instance, you come up to either sell or remortgage when the market has, has gone down, you're going to have a problem. And that's why you need to make sure that you've always got margin going on to make sure that, yes, you can take a discount, but you'll still come out ahead. It may not be a bigger ahead, but you'll still come out ahead because then you can go on to do the next project. And really, the only other place in your business that you can watch your profit is in your expenses. Because as a solopreneur, you should be able to control those. That The only person who should be spending any money is you. So it's down to you, isn't it? So have you got in your diary, for instance, the annual spring clean of direct debits and standing orders? Well, interrogate it. What do you need that standing order for? Why have you got it? Do you still need that subscription? If you don't shut it down. You can always come back to it later, but shut it down. If you are not using it now, it's probable that you don't need it in your business and don't wait for it to come round and be in flavor of the month. Just get rid of it and start again. Shut it down. Another money pit that just springs to mind because I often find it when I'm looking at people's things is that domain names. Oh my word, you have a brilliant idea, you know, some clever snappy title so you snap up all those domain names and email accounts but you may not have got round to doing them. You may know actually in your heart of hearts, you're never going to get round to doing them. You're doing very nicely. Thank you very much without having to do that. Close them down, cancel them. Don't keep waiting for the next two years because they don't come up every year. They come up every two, every three, and that is the problem. Get rid of them. Business expenses. Have you actually looked at how much it's costing you to, for instance, run the office? I once did an audit on my printer ink costs and I nearly fainted clean away. Even with the non-branded ink, I was still paying quite a large sum. Now I had a cheap and cheerful bottom of the range printer. It did the job. I could understand it, but I did my sums and I realized that if I binned the cheap printer and I went for one of those reservoir printers, which was five times as much, I was going to save a serious amount of money long-term. And I did know also that my cheap printer probably only had a shelf life of 18 months. Now, I've been using my new lovely printer for nearly seven years now. And it's been churning away. The cost is minimal because all I have to do is top up the ink. Much, much, much cheaper long term. But I had to think about it. Oh, and talking about printers my lovely WYSI printer that I've just been talking about, it recently told me that it had reached the end of its life via a message on its screen. I didn't understand the message, so I Googled it. And it told me that basically my printer had an inbuilt obsolescence problem. It was designed basically to finally grow old and be thrown away and I'd have to start again. Well, Mr. YouTube, when I consulted him about this problem, had a very helpful video. And along with a video and a screwdriver, I was able to access and clean the only part of that printer that was dead, according to the works. It was a sponge. The sponge had got completely saturated with the ink over the years. And I took the print, the sponges out, I washed them, I dried them, put everything back in, put the new screws back in and reset it. Huge, huge expense saved. But the amazing thing was that it was the only non-working part of that printer that had actually died and needed replacing. Everything else worked, but if I hadn't have found out about that one thing, I would have spent another several hundred pounds in order to continue printing, because I need a printer. So don't just scrutinise your printer costs. That is possibly one of the most obvious ones, but it's everything. I know, for instance, that some people just can't resist stationery. It's a very real and known problem, not being able to say no to that new shiny book or colored ink or a highlighter, et cetera. And then, of course, there's the coffees. Oh, wow. Have you any idea how much you spend on work coffee? Now, I don't mean the ones where you have coffee with potential clients or investors. They, frankly, are worth their weight in gold. No, it's the others, the others you don't notice, along with the many beers that networking, etc. In fact, you know, I'm often absolutely amazed at the number of coffees and drinks and food that people order at networking meetings, where I know that they are desperate for funds. They are desperate to get investors in to get the next project in, yet they don't see anything odd in spending the best part of 50 quid or a bit more one evening a week, every single week just being able to go and talk to people at properties. And I think that's because we forget that we're not having a night out. We're actually at work and there is a big difference. So if you need to eat, and frankly, we all do, then you need to think ahead. Because if you are in the early stages of your business, you are going to be running around like a headless chicken. You are going to be out all day. Well, cut that bill down with a packed supper. Think about it. And actually, if you're thinking, well, that's not going to make me look very impressive, talk to anybody who's had big dreams in property and then created it in a short space of time. And honestly, you will find that a thermos, a Tupperware box and a chocolate bar will come in somewhere in their conversation. We've all been there. We've all you know, either eaten in a car park somewhere before we go in or afterwards in a lay-by on the way home, having just had the odd coffee or the odd beer or whatever, just to be social and keep going. Because we know that if we want to be successful, we have got to keep the money in our business. Once we've eaten it or drunk it, we can't recreate that profit. We've got to keep it in the bank. Because of course, you know, even just getting to a property meeting costs money to get in there. And of costs. It all adds up. So profit is also about maximizing what you've got in your business to make the money or to make everything go further. Bit of a funny thing to say, but I think it's like making sure that you allow the profit to come to you in the first place. And that's one of the problems is that with technology, you get stuck. You quite often start a business and you will use one set of tech because it's cheap or it's free. And you never move on because when you looked into originally at a a system that you know you're going to need, you went, oh my word, it's going to cost me how much a month? How much a year? Well, if you want your company to grow that the size you want it to, and you want to be able to segment your list, you want to be able to deal with a lot of contacts, then if you're using a system that can't do that, it's not so much about letting profit fall out of your pocket as not letting it get in there in the first place because you can't do the sales. So, Profit can only be made if you are doing the business that you actually think you are. And you may well find if you've not updated things like how you do your stuff, what CRM systems you use, et cetera, et cetera, you may not have the big business capability that you think you have. And I think I see it often on strategy days that property entrepreneurs are prone to trying to do too many things at once and not always very successfully. You know, property is not fast. It's not cheap. And its biggest movable part is the profit level. And I can't tell you the number of times when I've questioned why somebody bought something or did that to a property. They were told, well, they tell me, well, actually, Rachel, the profit, the project, it was profitable. It's just that by the time we got it to market, you know, the market had moved and the sale price was disappointing. Well, that tells me two things. First of all, there wasn't enough profit margin at the beginning. We all know. We all know. It's you know, it's, it's, it, it's a known fact, isn't it, that you make your money when you buy the property. So you perhaps didn't buy it at the price you should have done. And then you didn't actually pay close enough attention to keep the rent, the refurb or whatever to the lowest possible amount you're just hoping that the more you threw at it, the better it would be and the bigger the price. It doesn't always work that. Or you don't have a plan B. Plan B. What is plan B? Well, that's having any kind of idea about how to deal with your property when you want to defer the need to sell it in a tricky market. How are you going to rent it out? How you? What are your options? How are you going to refinance it? That is what you may not have if you're going to tell me that actually you couldn't get any profit out of it. And I understand that because I've been there and I know just how important it is to always think this is a project I need to make money out of it and it may take me twice as long to do it. And if so, will I still have that profit margin at the end of it? Keeping profit in your business does, I know, mean different things to different kinds of business owners. If you look at one person's accounts, you may find they've got enormous profit. And then you sort of do a bit of dean down and you find they've, they're not paying salaries, they're not buying many assets, and the expenses are being kept to the absolute bare minimum. They like to see money in the bank. That's their way of saying, I've got a successful business. Now, others depending on how they're set up, don't have that view. They go, the business is there to make sure that it makes money, but I can live and do everything through it. So on paper, their businesses may have little or modest profit. They've got huge expenses. Now for that, read anything that can be put through the books. Large salaries, dividends being paid. But either way, profit is still being looked at and carefully husbandred. It's just how it's done that is different. And there's no right or wrong about it. But the right thing is they know about profit and they're dealing with it. So if you're now wondering how to keep your profit levels where you want them, I think you need to embrace your tech and get your online accounting system set up so that at the press of a button, you can see it. You know, okay, how much have I spent on coffee this month? Ping, OMG, I've got a cut back. How much have I spent on paper this month? doesn't grow on trees, I'm going to have to be careful about what I print out. Get my drift? That's what you've got to do. Now, unfortunately, it's the business side of a property business that can often bore the pants off property people. They really just eyes glaze over. But I don't think that is necessary. And that's where I think accountability wins, because you get to talk about what you're doing with another person or group who's really enthusiastic about property too, really gets it. You know, you can talk about it for hours, but they will also whoop with joy when you get it right or talk a problem through when you've got a problem, frankly. You know, a bit of a worry. But it will keep you accountable, keep asking you those questions. Why are you doing this? What are you doing about that? How long? How much profit? You know, the stuff that keeps you growing, that keeps you legal and profitable. It's the sort of stuff that I discuss with my strategy clients, and it's about nailing down your dream and delivering it. Very important to make sure that you're not just talking about technique or square footage costs, but the solid profitable business bit that allows your business to run behind the scenes smoothly whilst your profit grows. So why not drop me a DM or email me? All the contacts are in the show notes. Let's have a chat on Zoom about how I can best help you, because profit It's a bigger word than loss and hopefully that's a really good sign because we all want more of it and we all want more of it with less stress and less effort. And if you're not getting enough of it, then I think you've got to seriously rethink about what and how you work. And that's where I can make such a difference when I work with you. After all, what is the point in all this effort if you don't end up with surplus cash in the bank and equity in bricks and mortar? That's what we're all doing this for. That's why we're property entrepreneurs. So if you want to be a successful property entrepreneur and you need to keep your eye on the profit line, you need to concentrate on making every penny spent count. And you need to concentrate on being a lean, mean, profit-making machine. Profit, what a lovely word. Thank you for listening to the Property Solopreneur podcast with Rachel Troughton. If you want to create a professional and profitable property business, download my property business checklist now at racheltroughton.com slash checklist.